May these words of my mouth and this meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So earlier this week, I was in a meeting and we were talking about our names. And I was named for my great grandmother, Katie. And it's always been a burden for 50 years that I am not a Catherine or a Kathleen. I get asked that all the time, still. I'm just Katie. That's the name my parents gave me. And as a girl going through high school and college in the 1980s, where everything was fabulously preppy and monogrammed, I suffered from my second problem. My parents... It was later that I found out that my grandmother's, my great-grandmother's full name had been Katie Maud, and I decided I was grateful. (laughs) Still, monograms would have been nice. A name is a powerful thing. I became so aware of that at the beginning of my time here in community with you at St. John's, St. John's Cathedral, St. John's, the cathedral, the former naming our identity as a parish and the latter our role in the diocese. St. John's, the parish, the community, the people who show up week after week, praying together, singing together, partaking of the Eucharist together, and that other great Episcopal sacrament, drinking coffee together, (laughs) sharing our common life, St. John's, the identity that we most often hold up and live into. Perhaps nowhere more evident is that than in the incredible response we've had to building up our pastoral presence to one another. Fifty-some people came to a program that Sarah Berlin held. I've had close to 40 on Wednesday nights as we've studied Sarah's book. Just yesterday, we had 25 of our parishioners come to be trained as Eucharistic visitors and be certified by the bishop. You did this because making community known to each other and making community known to our members who cannot get here for a variety of reasons is important. You did this because you love each other and you love this place. You did this because St. John's is your home. It's your identity. St. John's is your name. Now, St. John's, the cathedral, the function that we serve when the bishop comes to his seat to ordain clergy, confirm communicants from our region, hold the chrism mass during parishes that are too large for their buildings. As the cathedral, we engage with the city of Denver 
in ways that other parishes do not. I think of the cathedral as our building and our diocesan presence. I think of it as what we are. I think of St. John's as who we are. You may have a different opinion about all of this, and that's fine. But I do believe what we call ourselves matters. Names matter. Early in the book of Genesis, in the first creation story, God creates and names all things. The naming is the completion of the creation. And we name many things. Children, pets, buildings and stadiums, and even storms. Naming lends significance. After Sandra Bland died in police custody, the hashtag say her name went viral because it is harder to look away from a horrific injustice when it has a face, when it has a name. Collective pronouns and identifying adjectives have been used throughout history to dehumanize and denigrate peoples. Africans brought to America as slaves were made to take the names of their masters, thereby further losing their culture, their identity, their humanity. A name is a powerful thing. In our Old Testament text today, God renames Abram and Sarai. They are promised a future they never could have imagined. At the ages of 99 and 90 and childless, they are promised they shall be the ancestors of a multitude of nations. Their original names did not reflect this, so they were given new names, names that heralded God's covenantal promise to them and to future generations. Abraham, father of a multitude. Sarah, mother of nations. With the change of their names, the entire course of their lives changed. They have a son, and as God suggests, they name him Isaac, meaning laughter, which not surprisingly was their response when Abraham and Sarah found out at their advanced age they would become parents. Through Isaac, they saw their promise fulfilled to them. Through Isaac, their new names had meaning. Names matter. Many biblical figures experience this name change. And I don't think it's any um, coincidence that those who put together the lectionary referred to many of them in every reading we had this morning. In the Old Testament, we heard about Abraham and Sarah. In the Psalm, we heard about Jacob, who becomes Israel. We had a letter from Paul who was Saul. In our gospel lesson, 
we saw Peter, who was Simon. Just like Abraham and Sarah, it is when there is a promise by God, a change in their life beginning, a new phase in their life of faith. In our own rite of baptism, we ask parents and godparents to name this child. And we anoint them, we mark them, we name them as Christ's own forever. This is not simply some Keatsian name writ in water to disappear as soon as it is formed, but an indelible and irrevocable name writ in the heart of God and in the heart of our community. A name is a powerful thing. And here we are, here in this season of Lent, as we experience the waiting the waiting on the promises God has for us, just as he made promises to Abraham and Sarah, the waiting that is Lent. We are a community embarking on a new day, a new chapter in the story that is St. John's. Let us remember this importance of names. Let us turn to one another, members of our very community we may not have previously known. Those who are in the catechumenate, enrolling this morning and preparing to join us, and those who have been members of St. John's for a very long time, decades even, but are new to this time on Sunday morning. New to a particular seat in the pews, because I'm guessing your seat is gone. (laughs) This shared moment of community. Ask names. Share your name. Names matter. Names matter.